Welcome back to Fight Night with Fred. I'm your host, Fred. Let's get this. In the last episode, we made our predictions for UFC 293, and honestly, shocking card. Very shocking card. Okay, anyone who knows anything about the UFC was putting the house, your child's tuition, the debt money, all on Israel Adesanya to win. Okay, according to Caesar Sportsbook, this man was a 900, sorry, a minus 900 favorite to win. And you know what happens? He loses a decision to the one and only Sean Strickland. Now, look, I need to take a look in the mirror for a sec. I need to address this for y'all. I did not give Sean the credit that he deserved, and that's on me. You know, Sean is an incredible boxer, and he has some rock-solid defense. I mean, just look at what he did to Adesanya. He was embarrassing that man in front of his home crowd. That was just, ooh. You know, I am thankful that I am not a diehard Adesanya fan. Otherwise, that would have been 25 minutes of pain just to watch. And also, that man's gas tank is insane. I mean, you can see like the 30 seconds that just concluded the fight. This man's screaming at Izzy because he realized that he was going to be champ. And, you know, normally after a fight like that, especially during the fight, you're not screaming at him. Sean was. So hats off to Sean. I'm sorry that I didn't give you the props there that you deserved. But, hey, you know what? You proved me wrong. It's not going to happen again. Trust. Now, on that one, I did have Sean and Izzy going the distance, which did happen. So that hit. However, our parlay did not hit. I know. I know. I'm still pretty upset by that. I lost a dollar. I put my money where my mouth is. And where did we go wrong? We went four for five. Where'd we mess up? Pedro versus Anton. That's what caught me. Okay, that was one of those fights where it's a 50-50 fight. Literally 50-50. The I, dude, the odds are even. Minus 110 going either way. You know, I thought that Anton was going to win that fight, but instead he got sent to the shadow realm by Tyson Pedro. And this is definitely the riskiest bet that I took that night, in my opinion. Um, you know, I just thought that Anton was going to control the pace, and I thought that he was going to drag Pedro into those deep waters and then just you know, tucker him out, win by decision. However, as we can tell, that's not what happened. Pedro slept him. And I remember saying, if this fight gets stopped, Pedro's going to be victorious. Fight was stopped. Pedro was victorious. But, you know, I flipped the coins. I chose heads. It was tails. You know, that'll happen. This just proves that UFC is incredible and just so hard to predict. But that's why I love it. Anything can happen in this sport. Now, moving forward, today we're going to be looking at my five favorite fights coming up on this next card for the fight night at the Apex in Las Vegas on September 23rd. And we got some bangers on this card. We have Rafael Faziv taking on Gamrot at lightweight. And this one even has some implications in the division. And I'm not just talking just like in the rankings because the, I want to say the six versus the seven, not because this is the six versus the seven. No, no, no. Honestly, that division is so just, it's wild right now, okay? Between Oliveira, you got Islam, you got a BMF champion in that division. Like, this is just a fun division. Lightweight is, it's incredible. Just grab your popcorn and just pay attention to lightweight. So we got that going on. 
We have the long-awaited return of Bryce Mitchell. I say long-awaited. He only fought in December. However, he's coming back after that bad loss to Teporia, and now he's going to come on to fight Dan Ige. This card, it has a lot of implications for fighters, rankings, and just a lot of the young guys. They're getting their stabs here. We even got a few veterans on this card. So let's go ahead. Let's take a look. So the five fights that I'm dissecting today just so happen to be the main card. I promise you this isn't going to happen every single time. However, that's just how it ended up today. So what am I going to do? I'm going to dissect each fight. I'm going to make my predictions. And then I'm also going to give you a little bit of gambling advice. And then at the very end, we're going to make a parlay. Because I see so many sportscasters out here and so many people with their own talk shows that, you know, they'll say, oh, this guy's going to win. And then they do nothing about it. No, I put my money where my mouth is. So I'm going to put my mouth there and then my bank account can cry later. Okay, look, I got to get that ramen, y'all. I'm a broke college kid. I need this. But anyways, all the odds that I refer to in this podcast, they go through Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, It's been used by many big media outlets for odds. Pretty reliable. However, please note that all odds are subject to change. Okay, I'm recording this at nine o'clock on September 20th. So, I mean, things are going to change. We got time before this. All right. And also not all sports books are the same. All right. So without further ado, let's get into this. All right. So the first fight that I like that I want to take a look at would be Ricardo Ramos versus Charles Jourdain. Okay. So this one, this is going to be a really fun fight. This could be fight of the night, honestly. I feel like this is going to be fight of the night. So Ramos is coming off of a pretty big win. Uh, His last fight was back in June. He knocked Danny Chaves out with this vicious spinning elbow. Oh my goodness. Dude, I remember watching that. I think I was like, I remember. Yeah, I was drinking a McDonald's Sprite and some of that came out my nose. You can imagine how painful that was, but it was so worth it. I would, dude, I'd experience it again just to see that knockout for the first time. Okay. So Ramos, he is 16 and four. Uh, He's 28 years old. He's got 16 wins, seven of which have come off of submissions. And then four of those have come off of TKOs or knockouts. This man's grappling is dangerous. Okay. He averages 2.58 takedowns per 15 minute fights. And he also defends them pretty well. You know, a nice 72% takedown defense. That's pretty good. You know, Charles Jordan, however, he is no easy fight. Okay, he just came off of a commanding unanimous decision at UFC 288 back in, uh, oh, that was May. Gosh, time flies. But anyways, Jordan is 14-6-1. Air Jordan, yeah, you saw what I did there. Air Jordan, he has eight wins, all like by knockout, and then four wins by submission. And, you know, he is arguably the most entertaining guy in the featherweight division. Um, you know, I know his last fight was a bit of a snooze fest, but I mean, normally that's just not the case. Okay. Trust me. This is not going to happen come September 23rd. These guys are a very, very good matchup. All right. Ramos, he's very athletic, you know, um, he's very good. Like he's just going to be throwing a lot of wild high kicks or even flying kicks and those spinning techniques. I mean, we saw what it did last time. It ended with a man falling asleep on a canvas. Jordan, he's not as athletic, but he's a tough man with a big gas tank. All right. And, 
Yo, he's going to walk Ramos down. He's going to be throwing powerful punches, throwing these kicks just to chop down that lead leg. And no matter who wins this one, expect a finish. In my eyes, this is a nearly 50-50 fight. So Jordan, he's not very technical. However, this man is strong, he's durable, and he's flashy. And flashy is risky. And sometimes those risks just pay off for him. Um, you know, I really feel like if Ramos can outlast that storm of chaos that you get when fighting someone with like Jordan, I feel like he's going to get his hand raised. You know, I feel like Ramos is going to be the more technical fighter. And I feel like he's going to shut down some of the flashy stuff that Jordan's doing. Uh, according to Caesar Sportsbook, Jordan is a minus 150 betting favorite with Ramos at a plus 125 as the underdog. But honestly, give me Ramos. Give me Ramos. I like this guy. He's a technical, smart fighter. He's got that nice fight IQ. And just let him be technical. That's all I ask. Let him be technical. If he can do that, he will win this fight. Moving on, we have Brian Battle versus AJ Fletcher. This one's over at Welterweight. So, we have two younger fighters here, okay? Both of whom have records at 10 and 2. So, let's take a look at Brian Battle first. This man is a dog. He is a dog. And I'm not talking about little chihuahua. This man's a pit bull, okay? He's a pit bull off the leash, ready. He is on the prowl, okay? He's always keeping that pressure on his opponent. He has very solid ground game. And according to his UFC fighter page, he averages nearly one takedown per fight. His takedown accuracy, it's really not all that great. I mean, it's sitting at a mere 20%. But you know what? He's been getting better in recent fights. You know, just give the man some credit. He's making improvements. He's coming off a quick knockout against Gabe Green. And now he's going to be going up against a really strong wrestler in AJ Fletcher. Fletcher, he has really good striking, but his wrestling and his grappling are incredibly slept on. It would be criminal for me to sit here and say that he doesn't have good wrestling. Okay. Um, let's take a look here. This guy, he's quick. He's strong. And once he gets you on the ground, he is a scary dude. Okay. With that, however, his fight IQ is really not that great. I mean, take a look at his last fight. You know, he's winning the fight and he's out here just forcing things. He's forcing guillotines left and right out of desperation. And for what? You're winning the fight. You don't need to throw up Hail Marys when you're up 10 points in the fourth quarter. Why are you doing this? And, you know, that, it really plays a lot into my choice here. Because, you know, just that fight IQ, it's, it's really hard to bet on someone when you know that they're going to do something or you know that they have the potential to do something, to throw it all away super fast. And, you know, Fletcher, he's a wrestler. Brian Battle, his last loss was against a wrestler, a very good wrestler, by the way. And the thing about Brian that I like about that loss, if we can take anything away from it, it's that he does not give up, okay? Yeah, he was getting dominated on the ground, okay? But... He never took the back position. You know, he was never accepting a bad position and just saying like, oh, okay, like I'll wait this out. 
I'll let this guy to tuckered out. No, he's always trying to get out and he's always trying to get where he is comfortable. And it's a combination of that and the fight IQ of Fletcher that's going to make me bet on battle. Um, you know, battle's constantly moving. And quite frankly, I do not trust AJ not to throw out some wild moves that make zero sense. So taking a look at Caesar Sportsbook, we have Brian Battle at a minus 180, which quite frankly, that's a highway robbery. Okay. In my opinion, I feel like he should probably be closer to maybe a minus 250, maybe even minus 270. So because of that steal, I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm going to get paid. Give me Brian Battle money line. Now we're going to move on to Marina Rodriguez who's number eight in the women's strawweight division. She is 16-3-2, taking on Michelle Watterson-Gomes, who is number 12 in the division, and she is 18-11. and 11. Okay, let's get started here. Marina, yeah, Marina Rodriguez. She's a darn good fighter. However, she is coming off of two back-to-back losses. You know, she's a very good boxer, and she could pretty much lay out anyone in that division with just her raw one-punch power. This is a strong girl, all right? Her wrestling, it's really not that great. However, you know, we've really been shown in her last few outings that her wrestling is just not getting better with time. It is not aging with, like, it's not aging like fine wine. It's aging like 2% milk, all right? Um, All this, however... She's a pretty, she's a mostly complete fighter, okay? She can grind out a win, she can start you out cold, but the reason why I say that she's mostly complete is because of her last fight, okay? She won the striking battle. However, she was dominated on the ground, and she was just controlled for 12 minutes. 12 minutes of a 15-minute fight. That's not great, okay? She's taking on Michelle Watterson Gomez, who's also known as the Karate Hottie. Okay, Michelle, she's a very experienced fighter. She's been in this industry for 15 years, and she's taken on some big names. Okay, Carla Esparza. Rose Namajuna is also known as Thug Rose. Yeah, she's been around. She's been here for a minute. But she has a very good striker style, and, you know, she's been known to use her distance to her. Like, she knows how to play the distance game. She uses it to her advantage when she needs it. And when it's not working, she knows how to avoid it, and she knows how to come in there. All right? She can wrestle pretty well, too. You know, according to her UFC webpage, she has 22 takedowns in her last 15 fights. Uh, I'm not going to lie, though. She's on a three-fight losing streak, which isn't all that great. And, you know, in her last loss, it was a super close fight, but she did lose a split decision. So this one, this one's interesting. Okay, the odds are very, very stacked here against Michelle. But honestly, if I knew that Michelle was just going to come in here and wrestle, I would bet on her. I would immediately bet on her. I mean, yeah, Michelle's 37. But Marina, she's not young. She's 36. Okay. Now, Michelle, she has the better skill set here. She has more experience. But honestly, in her last few fights, it kind of seems like she's just elsewhere. You know, it doesn't seem like she's really focused on that. And Marina, she's going to be the one that I can trust to push the pace of the fight. She's going to bring more action to the table. I mean, yeah, her boxing isn't like Michelle's boxing. It's not great. But I really 
don't think uh, I don't think that she's gonna be able to get it done. I really don't. You know, um, I really do see this fight going the distance. However, you know, this is gonna be two technical fighters in very different fields. Um, Michelle's a plus two fifty underdog at the moment, and Marina is the minus three twenty betting favorite. Personally, I don't feel like it should be that far off. I do not feel as if Michelle is a plus 250. And it should be closer than that. However, this isn't horseshoes and hand grenades. It's not close enough. It's you have to pick, you know. So with that, I, yeah, I'm going to take Marina to win this fight at minus 320. I'm going to do it. That is the winner here. All right. Moving on, we have Bryce Mitchell, the 10th ranked fighter in the featherweight division. He's coming in at 15-2. He's making his return against Dan Ige. He's ranked number 12, and he has a 17-6 record. So this is the co-main event of the evening. And as I mentioned earlier, this is Bryce Mitchell's return. And this is arguably someone that's in America's top 10 favorite rednecks right now. Okay, Bryce Mitchell, he's an Arkansas boy, and he makes it known, all right? He's wedged in there somewhere in, like, the top 10 rednecks of America between Jeff Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy, all right? He's somewhere in there. You've probably seen this guy before. This is the guy who went viral for asking Dana White for camo shorts to fight in. It's that guy. However, enough of the slander of Bryce. Bryce is an incredible wrestler, okay? This man is fierce, he's strong, and he is dominant with his wrestling. If you take a look at his UFC webpage, you can see that he averages nearly three takedowns per fight with a 44% takedown accuracy. Okay. His striking, it's awkward though. And I mean, even he knows it, you know, he tends to let his hands down and then like he'll shoot for your legs and he'll just take you down. Um, he's very, very good at taking people down though. You know, he even took down Ilya Teporia in his last fight back in December um, he loves the submission game and he just loves getting control, but his striking is such a liability. Okay. He's making his return against Dan Ige, who is an incredible kickboxer. This man has speed. He has power in his strikes and his Brazilian jujitsu. It's solid. It's not great, but it's solid. Plus he can wrestle. I mean, nowhere near the amount of Bryce Mitchell, but he can wrestle, you know? His takedown defense, it doesn't look great on paper, but let's cut the man some slack. Okay, he's been fighting some killers in this octagon. He's been fighting dogs left and right, you know? Yeah, yeah, you take on really good competition. It's going to be kind of hard to have the good numbers, you know? So I feel like this fight is going to come down to one thing. Dan Ige's takedown defense. Bryce Mitchell, he has atrocious striking, okay? Look, I don't want to compare him to Ben Askren, okay? Because I'm not going to say like, oh, this fighter is just like this guy. No, they're very different. But on the striking level, oh, it's bad. Oh, it's not good, y'all. Oh, it's, oh, I don't like it. You know, it's not quite on Ben Askren's level, but it's really not that far away either. So if Ige can defend Mitchell's takedowns, he's going to win this fight. However, I really don't think that he's going to be able to defend each and every takedown. And 
Bryce, he is a stubborn dude. You know, no matter how many times you stuff his takedowns or you stop him, he's going to keep going for it. He's going to tucker you out even by doing that. And then he's going to keep going and he's going to get control of you. He will not let up. So the line is set at minus 210 for Mitchell and plus 175 for Dan Ige, making him the underdog. And honestly, I agree with the line here. You know, I see Mitchell dominating this fight with that Southern strength and that wrestling. I think he's going to take the win from Dan Ige. You know, I think he's going to be able to do it. Um, again, though, the big thing that this comes down to is going to be, can Dan Ige stop the takedowns? Because let's be real here. Bryce, he's going to take him down at some point. I do not see a fight in which Bryce Mitchell does not take someone down, especially he doesn't take down Dan Ige. So, you know, it's really going to depend on how many he can stop and how much, like, you give to Bryce Mitchell. Because, you know, if you can stop a lot and then he only has a little bit of control time, that's a win. But, you know, a guy as stubborn and as strong and smart as Bryce Mitchell, that's really difficult. That's a lot easier said than done. So, yeah, I'm going to have to take Mitchell Moneyline on this one. And that brings us to our main event. Rafael Fiziev coming in at 12-2. and two. He's the number sixth ranked fighter in the lightweight division, which, as I said earlier, an incredible division to watch right now. And he's fighting... Matuz Gamrot, who's 22 and 2, and he's ranked number 7 in the division. So, this one is just banger of the night. Okay, this is an incredible matchup, in my opinion. The first time I saw this, I didn't like it that much. But now that I'm looking into it a bit more, you know, I kind of like it. It's an acquired taste, you know, it's an acquired taste. So, let's dissect this one, okay? So, Dazeeb. He is one of the best strikers in the division, okay? He has very heavy power, and he's a volume striker. You know, it's a nightmare for almost anyone that he faces, that volume that he brings. And, you know, he can also change things up on you. You know, he can switch between the punches and the kicks super well. He's a very technical guy. However, if you follow Fiziev, you know that he will throw all that out the window for a war. You know, he's going to chase that knockout. If you saw that last fight against our current BMF belt holder, I still feel funny saying that. I wish that the BMF belt went away. Okay, done with my tangent. If you saw his last fight against Justin Gaethje, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, you know, this guy, he wants the knockout. He wants to entertain the fans. And I love that as a fan. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you're a smart, technical, great fighter. You don't need to throw that out the window just for the potential of a fight of the night bonus. Anyways, so now we're going into Gamrot. So, Gamrot, he is an incredible wrestler. I mean, he's decent at striking, but the wrestling is what really impresses me. And what he lacks in his punching power he makes up for it with his movement and his ability to control the pace of a fight, okay? Gamrot, he's a scary wrestler. That man is terrifying, okay? And the lightweight division, it's very stacked. I feel like there's two people, if even, that could out-wrestle him, 
That being Benil Dariush and possibly Charles Oliveira. Okay. Now, Gamrot, he normally gets knocked down in a fight, but he's never been finished after a knockdown, which, you know, that, it sticks out to me. It sticks out to me. You know, he just pops right back up once he gets dropped. It's almost like, have you ever seen a kid riding a bike and it just falls over the kid and like, you know, it just pops up like nothing happened, you know, full smile. That is Gamrot here. It's like, dude, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, you know, but look, this is a very interesting fight. Okay. At first I just thought Fazeev, he's just going to sleep Gamrot, especially with that questionable chin when he gets knocked down so often. However, it's the fact that Gamrot keeps getting back up and that wrestling that just, it entertains it so much. You know, this is a really close fight. Um, you know, uh, Fazeev, he has a 90% takedown defense, which is incredible. He's going to need every bit of it when he fights Gamrod. Uh, this is just your classic battle just between an elite striker and a lethal wrestler. I think Fazeev wins it. I do. I just, I really like his volume of punches that he can throw with the power. I like that he can change things up. And the key for him to win this is going to be inflict damage on Gamrot early. Okay, the earlier you get that damage in, the better the outcome's going to be for Zaviv. Sorry, Fiziv. So, Fiziv, he's the minus 150 betting favorite. Gamrot, he comes in at the 125 underdog. I'm taking Fiziv. Now, let's take a look at our parlay here. So, a buddy of mine told me that that parlay that we made, you know, it lost him his date money for all the week. So, you know, this is for all y'all with significant others. This one's for you, Okay. I'm going to pay for your date with this parlay. Don't quote me on that. So, you know, as I said earlier, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. So let's go down the line. With the Caesar Sports odds, we have Ramos money line at plus 125. Battle's going to win. That's a minus 180. I like Marina winning at minus 320. Bryce Mitchell, he's going to take care of business at minus 210. And Fazeev wins it at minus 150. So if you put a dollar down on that, you win $10.70 on Caesar Sportsbook. Now, seeing as I live in a state that doesn't allow me to gamble through Caesars, I'm going to use Fliff. So let's go through those odds too for those of you who who use Fliff just like myself. Okay, our man Ramos, he's a plus 105 on Fliff. Battle is minus 205. Marina is minus 355. Mitchell becomes a plus, sorry, a minus 225 favorite, and Fiziev is minus 170. So the odd changes, that brings that out to a plus 796 parlay, meaning that my $1 is about to become $8.96 after this event, okay? I'm about to ball out. I'm about to get myself an Arizona tea and a few packs of ramen. You already know. So normally this is where we end things. However... A few of my buddies are saying that a bunch of UFC news just came out. So let's take a look here. Let's see what's going on, y'all. I'm pretty curious. Oh, we got a few bangers. Oh, we got bangers, boys. Oh, you love to see it. So we have a co-main event for UFC 295, which is going to be at Madison Square Garden. Okay, this is that John Jones, Stipe Miocic fight. Boys. Yiri is finally coming back. Yiri's coming back 
to face the stoic himself, Alex Pereira. I'm excited for this. This is going to be an incredible fight. I genuinely don't know who wins. I kind of think Alex takes it. I kind of think he takes it. You know, Yuri just went through that really rough shoulder surgery. And, you know, the doctors were saying, oh, this is like one of the worst ones that we've ever seen. I, I like it. I don't, sorry, that sounded really bad. I don't like the injury, but I like Alex to win the fight. But this is going to be a great fight. I'm super excited for this. And also, we finally have a main event for 296. I have been waiting for this for too long. We have our man, Leon Edwards. The man we thought was just going to win the belt and never do anything. Because that's exactly what he did. Leon is taking on Colby Covington. Oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. We have, oh no, this is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. Okay. You can't see me right now, but I have a smile like a kid that just opened his favorite Lego set on Christmas morning. Oh, that's going to be fun. So Colby, for those of you who don't know, is the most arrogant, blatantly just cocky, annoying. He is a hornet of a person. He is like the definition of just being a pest. You know, he always goes everywhere with his cheap blue suit, his USA flag wrapped around him at all times, and he's wearing a political hat. I'm not trying to get political here, but that's just Colby. And he's always going to be talking trash and saying wild stuff that you should not be saying. And then you got Leon. A former gangster who's been arrested, you know, and Leon Rocky Edwards. That man just came off of showing the world why he's champion. You know, everyone's saying that he was just a phony champion just because he beat Kamaru that first time on a last minute head kick. That last fight, though, when he took down, you know, he whooped Kamaru. He whooped him. He showed Kamaru, I'm the man that you thought you were. So I'm very excited for this. That, oh, that's going to be fun. That's going to be super fun. I'm very excited to make those predictions. I cannot wait for more fights to come out to tell you guys about. So with that being said, that's all that I've got for you guys with this upcoming card and that big UFC news that we just got. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me for the ride. Okay, this was a blast. I cannot wait to dissect that next event with you guys. Have an amazing weekend. Go out, have fun. Tip your server and Godspeed.